Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Spin FM. What's up, y'all? John DeRollins. Excuse me, Sarah. Two Americans living in Sweden talking about football mm-hmm. and other shit in off season. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this is uh, how you doing, brother? I'm good. Uh, I actually have a hamster update. Oh yeah. Uh, from last, you know, I don't know if you guys listened last week, but we had two hamsters, and I woke up on the day that we recorded last week. One of them was, you know, belly up. Uh, was he belly up? Well, he was more. <laughs> sort of sideways and he had like some discharge coming out of his mouth and oh. running down stuff. like so he I don't know if he drowned on his own l- bleeding lungs or something I don't know dude it was wow. it, it was ugly uh, you think it could have been a murder and it <laughs> <laughs> Like a murder, like an investigation, yeah. and uh, you think doing getting check check of her fingerprints in there. I can't rule it out. <laughs> Let's just say that. All I know is that he was resting underneath the little water thing where you go to get water. So he probably, I, I was don't like, know. This will help if I could get it. Just if I could just I get know. to the water. Maybe not. Damn. So I was freaking out a fair amount uh, when I was here last week because I was like, yeah. I don't know what to do. Uh, you suggested that we have a funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what we did. Actually, we we uh, we had dinner, uh, and then we transferred. Well, when I got home, my wife had tr- already transferred him into some weird little box, whatever. Anyway, we ultimately wound up putting him. <laughs> wait, in wait, a, wait! She made a homemade coffin. No, what she she there was a box sitting there on the side <laughs> of the case, so she just sort of tossed him in there. And, but then what we wound up doing is we took. Okay, you know when you go and buy tea. At the at the grocery store, you know, it yeah, comes yeah. in a rectangular yeah, yeah. box. So it's like a thin cardboard. <clears throat> yeah. So okay. we put the hamster in 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 an empty box of tea. Empty. Empty. Yeah. <laughs> and we put some cozy stuff in the bottom. You know, hamsters oh, like nice. that cozy kind yeah. of. I don't know what. The it is. little like wood chips. It, well, no, it's actually it's like kind of stretched wool or something. Or okay, I don't yeah, know, it's like little about, yeah. cottony kind of looking stuff. And mm. uh, we put some of that in there, and then I transferred. I used a pair of chopsticks to transfer the hamster into the. It's, I'm still a little scarred, actually. Anyway, uh, and we took him outside. How did the other hamster react? <clears throat> Was it acting like a lady and bear? Super confused. Like even now, still like when he's awake, he kind of runs around, and he, he, you, you, I don't know if you're reading too much into it or not, but he still kind of get the sense that he's like, hey, where, where, where'd my buddy go? <laughs> like, where's what, what, why am I the only one here? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's what he's thinking. I don't know if hamsters think like that. Uh, uh, but we went outside and we kind of wandered around, and we were like, well, what are we, where are we going to do this? Like, uh, eventually, we settled on a spot in the woods, kind of near a. There's a bench that sort of sits on a path that looks out into the forest. And I was like, mm. well, let's bury him over there in the forest in case somebody wants to come down here and sit on the bench and, you know, sort Good of look. say hi or whatever. How were the kids taking it? The kids took it pretty well. Okay. 
they took it in phases. At first, my daughter was like, whatever. But then when the second hamster came out and started exactly. looking, yeah. it sort of dawned her like, oh, no. And then yeah. she got a little sad. Um and ultimately, my son was like, yeah, I was kind of expecting this. Hamsters only live for two years. He was he was very matter-of-fact about it, actually. Okay. So um, he's a sociopath. <laughs> he could be. <laughs> no. Nah. T- yeah. Nah, he, was, he was cool, man. I, you never know. Nah, anyway, so uh, <laughs> it was a lot harder to bury a hamster than I thought it would be. Like, you really okay. kind of – I had to get down the, the in the woods back there. You dig in the dirt. There's a lot of – there's a lot of roots under the oh, ground, and you kind of yeah. got to dig through all that stuff. And, and How deep did you dig? I, I didn't do six feet. I'd say I went, like, I don't know, maybe a foot two and a half, two feet, okay. something like that. Um, okay. But kind of felt like I should have gone a little deeper, but whatever. I don't know. I was getting tired and had dirt all over my hands. So, uh, and we had a little speech for the hamster, and then, uh, yeah. And, then did the, and they took this, the ceremony seriously, your kids? No. <laughs> no, not really. Good, man. But it was more like, you know, okay, so you were a good hamster. <laughs> uh, say some kind words. Uh, yeah, hopefully there's a giant wheel in heaven for yeah. you to run around on if that's such a thing. I don't know. Anyway, so that happened. Wow. Another update on uh, Lisa Wilson, Zach Wilson's mother. I was telling you guys about how she's a little nutty. Yes, did you... She accepted my Whoa! follow. Yeah. <laughs> this is so, so I'm good. now following Lisa Wilson. Uh, her posts have been, you know, uh, pretty infrequent since the draft. Uh, I can say that. But come we'll on, see. Lisa. It's only a matter of time. Like, I, I'm telling you. No, when he starts playing? Once the season starts. Yeah. And if he gets hurt or if he gets benched. Oh man, that or white, not in that white like privilege is gonna in. kick in yeah. hard. <laughs> like if he doesn't, like if he's chose, like if they choose another starter over him or something like that. Uh, Who's yeah. the backup there? I have no idea. I gotta look this That's up. That's a good question. Uh, didn't they pick somebody up? All I see here is uh, James Morgan and Mike White. <laughs> I don't even know who those people I've are. I've never heard of these guys. One of them went to school in Florida. I saw that, uh, James Morgan. Uh, what if they beat him out? Like, if one of those guys <laughs> beat him out in uh, in camp, you're going to hear from, what's her name? Uh, is it Lisa? Lisa? Lisa. Lisa yeah. Wilson. Lisa Wilson. We're going to hear from Lisa Wilson. So. And her account is called Life According to Lisa. Oh, really? And, of course, it's the number two because that's clever. Because <laughs> uh, uh, there was a li- another Lisa out there to beat you to it. Uh, I do. I am finding an article in sort of Jets Press mm-hmm. uh, saying that the Jets are definitely interested in adding a, a, a backup quarterback. Okay. Uh, you got some interesting free agents out there. You got Nick Mullins. You got Brian. Wait, no, Brian Hoyer, didn't he? He was in Cleveland for a while. I don't know where he mm-hmm. went after that. Uh, RG three. Hmm. See. Th- the 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 thing if the Jets really want to mm-hmm. like if they want to go all in on Zach Wilson they got to be careful man because mm-hmm. you bring in a backup with experience that might for now beat him out you know what I mean then nah. the fans the fans won't they then they're less likely to accept bad quarterback play like who's the backup in Cincinnati I have no idea no idea but if you would have had somebody there that's good and then Joe Burrow starts having it rough. Mm. This article is from a couple of weeks ago. Brian Hoyer is recently signed with the Patriots, just to okay. be part of their quarterback room, I guess. Uh, I don't think anybody thinks he's going to play, but no. but yeah, but I do agree. You need 
I mean, if this guy, uh, you know, if this guy doesn't turn out to be what you thought he was, and also, like, I mean, look what happened to, uh, look what happened to Joe Burrow last year. You know, right. it's like he didn't have any protection. He got absolutely clobbered, tears yeah. his knee to shreds. Yeah, and I don't remember. And it, it, the season, which was already done, mm. was definitely like they. Yeah. Oh, the rest of the season, they looked. So you should have something. RG three. It's always fun when RG three pops up into the game because you always forget where he is. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, oh shit, oh, there he is. God. <laughs> he still got them ugly ass braids. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like, I don't care what you do with my hair, just make it ugly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, that's one guy. You know, I'm glad to see that though. To see a black quarterback journeyman. Mm-hmm. You sure. Know what I mean, like that's when you see uh, if you want to gauge equality in the NFL or, or the status of. The black athlete has changed a bit uh, in the NFL when the quarterback position has been like, you know, flash in the pan. Mm. You know, you use your athleticism. When that's gone, sorry, bro. That's kind of how I felt it's been. Sure. And you didn't see that many black journeymen. I guess maybe you could say, see, when you think about it, who, who, what's black athlete, which black quarterback has done a, a, a Ryan Fitzpatrick? Mm. Not, well, no one. <laughs> yeah, okay. left with just backup forever in uh, Pittsburgh, but he hardly played behind Big Ben. Mm. You had, uh, I want to say Rodney Pete a bit. I mean, it's but pretty he rare. Started a while in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like once they're done, then mm. you know, kind of, unless they're just such a in such in the background that you just don't remember. You know what I mean? It's a great question. Who was who the black Ryan Fitzpatrick? Of yeah, NFL? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That can just bounce around. This dude started for eight teams or whatever. You don't see that happening to a black quarterback because yeah, that's crazy. They kind of <clears throat> uh, in and out. Uh, like like imagine if Jamarcus Russell would have you know panned out a little bit. You know he was kind of the the one you throw in there after Ryan Leaf as a bust. Sure, but then. He doesn't get to. Is it Marcus Mariota is still out there somewhere? Mariota does. Right? He's a Samoan, right? Do we count him? He's minority, so yeah, you can say that. Marcus Mariota. Sure, I count him. He's the and and, and that's a little younger. Yeah, it's going to start happening more. I, I think, especially as there's more and more black quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. That uh, we'll see if James Winston can be one of those guys. <laughs> yeah, I think if he's a bust, and if he, if he's a bust this year, Taysom Hill takes over, and then he winds up somewhere. He could be one of those those. Journeyman, yeah, maybe. because he and especially somebody like he's a good. That's a good uh, candidate right there for mm. that. We'll see over the next uh, in the next eight years. We'll see where he's at, right? Um, because he could give a team a spark too. Like mm. he could come off the bench and just be like, "Fuck it," and play this wild. That's very Ryan Fitzpatrick like. Sure, that uh, he's he could lose your game and he could win your game. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. He's gonna. He should be the next Ryan Fitzpatrick. I can't think of. A, I actually can't think of a a white quarterback that's more comparable. <laughs> when you say what quarterback out there is more like James? I mean, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick than James Winston. Mm. So he should. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Could be that. What else you got? Uh, well, uh, sort of dipping into the news, um, thinking about you know. The regular season, uh, the NFL announced that 30 teams have been approved for full crowds in fall. Uh, and the two teams, the Colts and the Broncos, have been, uh, you know, I don't know what they're doing, but apparently they're, they've cleared a path to where, uh, where they'll have full stadiums as well. Basically, this means back to normal. Wow. Right? 
I mean, the stadium. A year ago, we were just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, and we were having conversations about crowd noise, and, and they were setting rules. Remember, they were setting rules yeah. about how loud the yeah, crowd is. Decibel could, level. Yeah, and decibel accurate. level and the crowd noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buffalo's probably saying, like, yeah, but we're louder. Seahawks, too. They're yeah. always louder. We were having that conversation. Buffalo's like, how do we uh, replicate the sound of a human going through a table? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> how can we do that? Uh, Man, um, would, do you think you could feel safe? In um, a crowded stadium? I don't feel safe in any crowd in America right now, I feel like. Oh, you said in, in America. General. Okay. <laughs> I was talking more COVID, but yeah, yeah. that's a good point. That uh, I don't know. At a football game, I would feel safer than at a mall. I'll say that. I would agree with that. Because football game is mostly just people. First of all, you pay a couple hundred bucks normally, mm. and everybody has, and it's kind of like, we're just gonna try to have a good time. Yeah, and we typically talk don't. Shit. We typically don't have mass shootings at football. Well, they might happen in the parking lot, but it won't happen in the yeah, stadium. Yeah, the only time I heard of somebody dying at a game was a, it was a Forty ers Raiders game, I think, mm. where the dude uh, got sh- shot Ooh, think, or I stabbed, shot or stabbed. Oh, after, about yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> but I never heard. Of, and I remember the most hostile game environment I've been at was I went to University of Miami versus Virginia game mm. because my sister lives in uh, Maryland and I was in, I was stateside and I was like yo you know my brother was home too like let's go we got to go to a U game mm. and my brother-in-law's a University of Miami fan and we're and some asshole usher told us you're sitting over there sent us right over to like their pit of you know those uh, the poor college kids that stand up the whole time mm, there's not yeah. even seats yeah and they were like fuck you they're like so mean <laughs> and i'm like i'm too old for that then i was like tw- like late 20s early 30s maybe and i was like why do you guys care this much like you you want to fight me like it was so weird they were like cheating you know they had the whole uh mm. miami had been under some sanctions Oh yeah, I remember because that. of uh, boosters and all of that <laughs> stuff. Because uh, how dare they give money to these students, <laughs> right? And so, I, so we're just throwing up the U. That's all we did. Just throw up the U to all the dudes. They're like, "Fuck you, you piece of shit." <laughs> I was like, "Man," and then I was like, "Fuck that usher who sent us over." Because we were sitting over on the other side. Uh, what an asshole. Anyway, that's the most hostile. I don't think it gets more hostile than college game. No, no. I've that's the only time I've ever seen any. I mean, I saw fights outside of the Georgia games all the time. Mm. Um, if you go to international soccer games, that's probably one of the scariest environments I've ever been in. It was a, and it was a, it was technically a friendly match. It wasn't even like a tournament or anything, but it was Mexico versus Argentina. And they had to build this fence between the Mexican and the Argentine fans because they were, they were trying to kill each other. I mean, it was, it it was ugly. This is why I say they have to figure out how to make soccer more exciting. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because sometimes the shit going on in the stands is even yeah, it's more. Of a, yeah. <laughs> Man, did uh, you uh, did you get your Tim Tebow jersey yet? Uh, I heard he's on. He's like he's signed. He's signed. Tim Tebow jersey is for sale. It's official. <laughs> you can buy it in the NFL fanatics. Um, what number? Three sixteen? No, he's number. <laughs> he's <laughs> he's number eighty five, which is a typical tight end number. Okay, but that's it's. I'm glad that you mentioned that because it's kind of funny because like uh, the they were saying like, well, you know, he always wore number fifteen uh, in college and also in the pros, um, <clears throat> and the article was assuming that he was going to change his number, but but the article that I read said that oh well the the site offers. 
you know, Jersey insurance, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, but I was like, Jersey a Jersey assurance, it says. Okay. And so I looked at the Jersey insurance, and it basically says you get a free replacement jersey if the active pro player you purchase switches teams within 90 days of your purchase. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he decides to change his number from 85 to 15 – Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> you, you it get, might make it valuable. You get nothing. What if he makes the Pro Bowl? <clears throat> yeah. I know it's impossible. Well, currently, it's the number one selling NFL jersey. Get the fuck out of here. I'm serious. It's the number one selling jersey. Now, I have a theory about this. Jerseys cost $75 and up. Yeah. Well, so with the name like, and the number on it, it's easily over 100 bucks. You don't even... As, as a, not even a goof you would waste that money. So what's that, what do you think? Churches are buying it? Here's the thing. I, Chick-fil-A. I, I got <laughs> that's not that's a pretty good theory, actually. Uh, I got vaccinated yesterday. Uh-huh. First shot, right? I got vaccinated too. Uh I was reading about this this conspiracy theory. You know, some people think that the vaccine is this kind of like nefarious, sneaky uh effort by Bill Gates to yeah, implant to these RFID yeah. tracking microchips mm-hmm. into everyone. Yeah, right? yeah. It's common knowledge. <clears throat> right. Uh so like essentially these people are assuming that that like the world went to all this trouble to have a fake virus that led to a real shutdown. Mm-hmm. Um Makes sense. just so that this vaccine could be created for the primary purpose of implanting Humans with microchips. Okay, that's still it's still logical, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I read somewhere they did a poll. Twenty five percent of Americans believe that Bill Gates wants to implant us all with <laughs> microchips. Now, when when this poll, when these questions are asked in this poll to Republicans, that number goes up to forty five percent. Forty five percent of Republicans think that Bill Gates wants to implant us with microchips. I would argue that these are the same people. Yeah. Buying Tim Tebow jerseys. <laughs> That's what I like. Each one of them. Yeah. All of them. Wow. That would explain the recent the. spike in sales. <laughs> These are the same people. Same fucking idiots. <clears throat> wow. um, but it's brought up a fair amount of conversation, obviously, about Urban Meyer. We've Maybe we've beaten this to death a little bit, but there's been some, it was a very interesting article with some former players and, and whatnot. Uh, saying that they think Urban Meyer is kind of in over his head with this Tim Tebow thing. He's in over his head coaching. <clears throat> I think so, too. Also, well, the, the thing that I think is worth actually mentioning is that these are former players who played with Tebow mm-hmm. who are saying, like, look, I like Tim Tebow as right. a person. Right. He's a friend of mine. But all of the, like, Tebow time attention that came with it, it sucked. Okay, it was bad for the team. It did not help. It it was like uh, it it was this was not good for the locker room. So the idea that Urban Meyer thinks that he's doing something good for his current locker room doesn't really wash with these guys. He seems like a like a selfish dude. He just wants uh, to do what he wants to do. Not even thinking about the team, which is the last thing I would want in a coach. Yeah, it's a little, um, you know, it's a little ridiculous to think that this is going to, you know, he, he, this guy, this former player, uh, McElroy, played with the Jets. He's like, it's going to affect the locker room chemistry just like it did for us when we played for the, with the Jets. Not because anyone had any animosity toward Tim. They just have animosity with the coverage that Tim receives. So I think it's a stupid move is basically the quote. Um, you know, it's not – I think it sends <clears> – <throat> 
the other thing that I think it shows is um, what there was another quote in here that I found quite interesting. Uh, you know, you know, Urban Meyer. We've said this before. He's he's um, you know he's used to the college game, and maybe this is a common mistake uh, that a lot of these these um, college coaches who come into the NFL, you know, they're used mm-hmm. to being the sort of master of their universe, so right, to speak. Right, right. Um, but then you, you come up to the pro level, and it's like you're not dealing with. 20-year-old no, kids who kids are forced anymore. to do everything that you tell them to do. You're uh, dealing with like professional athletes uh. who some of them are multimillionaires uh, and they're not necessarily going to buy in to your dumb idea of bringing your buddy <laughs> uh, to training camp to try out to be a fucking tight end. They're not, not everybody's going to be down with that. Uh, your buddy who never played tight end. Exactly. That's the part that it's like, I, I know it's obvious, but that needs to be highlighted the most. It's a technical position. You have to you, uh, they ask a lot of that position too. You got to know how to block. You got to know how to catch. You got to know how to uh, uh, you know break tackles. Hmm. <sighs> and I mean, don't forget when Urban Meyer was at Florida. I mean, you know, you had multiple arrests of players. Oh uh, yeah, and swiping, putting it under the under the table. You know, he's he's made a fair amount of shady. You know. Coaching hires along the way. Yeah. Um, he's already made one mistake coming into the NFL, hiring this fucking racist, and then yeah. having to having you know. Then the dude has is forced to resign because it's like you got caught. So, whatever. Maybe we're beating the Urban Meyer thing over the over the head, but I, whatever. It's just it's interesting. It, um, do you think there's any chance Tebow makes the team? No. And and that's why I think, uh, in a way, I think this is all like maybe this conversation is kind of meaningless because I don't think he'll make the team. Okay. Um, but what I do think is that it definitely gives you a window into the way Urban Meyer looks mm-hmm. at exactly. who he is as a coach, right? Yeah. So I think you can create some sort of a a profile for a coach, mm-hmm. which actually we've been talking about doing maybe a segment where yeah. we talk about the coaches and stuff. Yeah, we're going to break down all the coaches. Um, but I think this is this is kind of it, – it becomes more important, like, say, in week 15 of the season, and you're looking at the Jaguars and they're a hot mess, and now all of the mistakes that he's made are going to – they're going to add up to something, right? Yes. Um, and whether or not he's able to turn this team around, obviously you give him more than a year – Right, you know, right. it's not like, oh, you didn't do it in one year. You're a failure. Like, but we've seen plenty of college coaches come into the NFL and fail. And I think this could be part of the reason why, because the culture of being a coach in college versus the culture in the NFL, I, I think there's a, a huge difference. Yeah. I think uh, if you're going to bring a, a, a coach from college, they probably shouldn't come from one of these kick-ass organizations like uh top schools like that like uh nick saban you know what i mean he failed in the nfl mm-hmm. and what's the guy from uh clemson oh you know what i'm talking about yeah i do but i can't remember his name i can't remember his name for shit either the clemson coach <laughs> like they you're getting everybody wants to go there you're gonna have this advantage it's gonna be a culture shock when you get to the nfl so you're gonna have to be like you maybe get somebody with a, a style like uh, Chip Kelly that made more sense for the NFL because he had Matt a, Matt Rule Carolina Panthers he he yeah, was a he college, came from coach college too yeah yeah uh, so 
I don't know, man. I I, I think Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll was what I was. He's a say, successful one. This is his second turnaround, go around. He failed in the NFL before. Mm, so he failed. He went, he went US, back USC, and he came back with I guess he built that program there and came back with some you know more experience and knowledge and mm. and knowing the NFL more. So yeah. that's a good way. Dabo Sweeney is who I was talking about from, oh, okay. uh, from Clemson. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and and they and they're. You know these are great programs, and they're they're in the playoffs every year in college. But I don't know if Dabo comes to the NFL and and dominates. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. So if I, I think you need a special kind of coach that can can pull it off both, and you you probably need more of a leader than uh, than you know just prestige like right. uh, Urban Meyer. Yeah. So yeah. fuck that guy. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, we're continuing to fuck that guy. Uh, swinging back around to microchips, Patrick Mahomes thinks that there should be a microchip in the ball. Uh, yeah. So you can tell when it goes over the goal line. Good idea? Bad idea? What do you think? Good idea. First downs, all of that shit. Hmm. What do you think? Well, Is it too much? Uh, well, the... the um, uh, in this segment of Get Off My Lawn. <laughs> 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 no, actually, I think that well, it, this sort of connects to the earlier story with the with the vaccine having a microchip in it. So the problem currently is that you know what the reason why putting a chip in the ball just that alone doesn't really solve this problem is that you still need to see if the knee touched the ground before the ball crossed the line, right? Right, but so then the you'll knee, get the exact you'll get the exact timestamp of when it when it crossed the line. And then you just freeze for a minute. True, look, but it doesn't it doesn't eliminate the need to still go back to the replay. Like it's not as automatic as you may as okay. it may seem. You know what I mean? But okay, yeah, yeah. but uh, if we all get it'll make replay faster. True, but I'm saying what I'm arguing is that if we all get implanted with these microchips, NFL players included, we could link the chips in <laughs> us up to the ball. So that this is great. So man. that we'll know for sure. Like we won't even we uh, won't even need replay. It's like, well, hey, the two chips. Bang. Is Bill Gates a football fan? I don't know. Maybe that's the plan all along. The plan <clears throat> is to Maybe. uh to bring football forward and uh by saying, Hey, you guys already have this chip in you. You I, won't catch COVID. <laughs> I'm just saying that if and now and now Microsoft is if it is the case that these conspiracy theorists are if 45 percent of Republicans are right and we're all being injected with <laughs> microchips then we might as well use, use this it. technology for good yes I agree <laughs> right yes yes I'm, I'm 100 percent with you so man. I'm in on that uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in on that <laughs> um, I read an interesting story about you know Dale Hansen. Uh, he's a Cowboys reporter. He announces his retirement this this week. I didn't give two shits about this guy until no. I actually read about him. Okay. Uh, this guy has been up Jerry Jones's ass for <laughs> decades. Like he is like such a Jerry Jones hater. I mean, he's, he's oh oh. I thought you meant up his ass like he thought he's no, the best it, thing. No 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 no. He's like this guy is like calling out Jerry Jones over the kneeling protest thing. You know, mm-hmm. oh yeah, he, when he made a fool of himself. Oh yeah. my God, he's like that. He, might be his lowest. There's some moment. great. I went, I went through YouTube, and it, I would encourage anyone to do this. Dale Hansen, Cowboys reporter. You go on YouTube. And oh, you this see, is the white hair dude. Yeah, yeah, and he's got some serious hot takes yeah, about like the Cowboys. He also, um, he also did a piece. He did a great piece that I saw. He comes from like a woke perspective, right? D- totally. But yeah, he's, yeah, I know this guy. Uh, he, he, he 
made a point. This was in 2015 when the Cowboys decided to sign Greg Hardy in the wake of violent domestic abuse charges. And he, yeah, that's the woman was thrown on the guns and all of that. Yeah, yeah. He, has this, he says, Hardy jerseys are being sold in the Cowboys online pro shop. You can get one for your sister or daughter and then explain to her that Hardy beats up women, but we're cheering him now. Because wow. he's really good on game day, like he, oh, this guy's no joke. Like I've, uh, I never heard of him until like about I a week ago. Yeah. And had and you I'm, had you seen the clips before? No, no, I never seen him before. I want to make sure this is the same guy, but I think this is the same guy we're talking about. Oh yeah, it's an older white haired dude. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, wow, <clears throat> cool guy. Yeah, that's him. Uh, yeah, so I would encourage anyone to go check out some of his hot takes. Yeah, YouTube Jones. Dale Hansen, H A N S E N. Yes, <laughs> he's a uh, he's he's a beast. That guy. Um, I like it too. Coming out of Texas and mm-hmm. bringing that energy because uh, normally Texan Texas is a little. Oh, it's so known many. for a different type of. Uh, I know. Uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott appears to be in a little trouble. His dogs bit somebody again. Oh really? Uh, he's they got should these... send him on down to Mike. Yeah. <laughs> He's got Let uh, Mike Vick handle this. This has happened before. He's had a, the pool. Somebody who cleans his pool was attacked by his dog. Like what kind of dog? He's got a. Does he have a Rottweiler? I think it's a Rottweiler. He's got a couple of. Yeah, Rottweiler. Pet Rottweiler has been accused of biting people. Uh, Come he's on, been Z. issued three animal at large citations. Damn! So you're not even going to make sure you got to uh, keep an eye on it. His dogs apparently got off the property and were running loose, and they attacked uh, somebody. Uh, two Some people, people bit two them. people. Uh, two people required hospitalization, non-threatening injuries. But there was there was another case from several years ago that was even worse. It was like people that he had hired to come clean his pool that, you know, the dog attacked them. That's fucking. Damn. Uh, he didn't even tell the dog, hey, man, I got some people coming over today. <laughs> oh, this is funny. I didn't notice this. Elliot's father was also charged in 2019 for allegedly owning an illegal African cat that escaped, attacked a neighbor's dog, and was shot dead by police in Ohio. Damn. What kind of cat was this? Maybe this was like a- A lynx? Or a- Like a jaguar or, or jaguar. Yeah. That's some shit. Damn. <laughs> Maybe uh, it was uh, <laughs> Dan Campbell's. I know, and I was gonna say, Dan, you should read this article. Yeah, and maybe think it's twice. a bad idea. So, like, why is he on IR? Well, <laughs> the lying. What got happened away. to Jared Goff? <laughs> uh, about that. Yeah, I didn't uh, know my lion doesn't like the number. <laughs> What's Jared Goff's number? I can't Sixteen or whatever yeah. it is. <laughs> a lion doesn't like white people. Uh, sorry, man. <laughs> uh, Jim McMahon is back in the news. Oh, shout out to Jim. This is a little weird. He's came out with this crazy fucking story about Bill Belichick. Okay. Did you hear this story? No, no, not at all. Okay, so apparently Jim McMahon and Bill Belichick crossed paths briefly in uh, Cleveland. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, Belichick <laughs> was coaching Cleveland. Um, yeah, this has failed part of his career. And he's telling a story, apparently he's not a big fan of Bill Belichick, he uh, is he a fan of anything? No, he Green says uh, after training camp, Belichick called me in. He says we're gonna have to release you. We got a lot of guys who are hurt. We need some roster spots. Um, and, but he but he also said no 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 don't listen. We're gonna take care of you. We're gonna pay you to sit out. Okay, we're gonna pay you not to play. Sounds cool, right? 
uh, well, except for the fact that it's against NFL rules to do that. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what do you mean? Why can't you pay It says it's against the NFL rules for a team to pay a player to sit out. This would essentially mean the player is being reserved for a team without them being oh, formally under contract okay, or okay. continuing against the salary cap. Right? I get so you're it, paying yeah. a guy and it's not counting against your cap. I didn't know that right? part. Okay. So he was a little confused, Jim McMahon. And he was so he calls his attorney, he's like, Can can I is this can you do this? Like, can I trust this guy? He says they're gonna pay me to do nothing. Um and 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 Belichick apparently told him it's just gonna be for a couple weeks, like two, three weeks. Um so he said, yeah. So he's like, all right, fine. I'll, I found a house and moved in, you know, signed my kids up for a hockey team. Oh, he told him that before the season? Yeah. Okay, I thought he season. had been playing and then he just... Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, this is fucked up. Yeah, so... Or shady. I shouldn't say fucked up. So, yeah, so he says, I, you know, so I did my thing. I called in the first week on Friday to get my check and I get the runaround. I'm thinking... Okay, first week, first week jitters. Second week, I called in for my check, got the runaround again. I sat here for seven weeks doing nothing in Cleveland. Then finally, they signed him back uh, week seven or week eight, he says. Uh, he said, I dressed um, three games uh, to eight, nine, ten weeks, and then, I got, and then I finally got the checks. And he confronted the GM at the time, um, Michael Lombardi, I think is his name. Yeah, at the time, yeah. I said, "Hey, uh, man, I need my money. My mo- my wife was just in a wreck. I don't want to deal with insurance." He looks at me and says, "Well, maybe we'll pay you. Maybe we won't." And, and then Jim McMahon claims that he just lost it. He snapped. He grabbed this guy by the neck, throws him up against the wall, and said, "You're gonna pay me my money." Uh, and then I started realizing that, I, you know wasn't what I was doing yeah. and that maybe the, and so I, I stopped he, then he says I stopped hitting him he slid down the wall uh, <laughs> walked into the training room called my attorney and I said hey get me cut right now he called me back within two minutes and they said they'll release you if you want out um, and then he goes on to say uh, I walk into this QB meeting it was Vinny Testaverde myself oh, and wow. I say hey boys I'll see you all later and then the coach says, have you talked to Bill? And I said, you can tell Bill to kiss my ass, that lying piece of shit. Then I was gone. Next day, I was in Green Bay. Where he loved it. Well, he, he won a ring. Yeah, he said he <laughs> loved it in Green Bay. Oh, that was the best organization. He I thought that was kind of a crazy story. Yes. <laughs> and Michael Lombardi, he's like, uh, he talks football now and, and from that perspective too, uh-huh. the uh, GM perspective. I didn't know that. Maybe we'll pay you. Maybe you won't. It's like you asking for an ass whooping. Yeah, dude, saying I need to take care of my family, and that's how you respond to him. Mm-hmm. Man, man, I got a new fuck that guy. That's some shit. If it's true, mm-hmm. uh, maybe he twisted it or remembers it uh, <clears throat> a different way than Michael Lombardi, perhaps. But Bill Belichick looks shady for the way he did that, getting him there and just having him basically a paid reserve. Belichick shady anyway. Yeah, allegedly. Mm, speaking of shady, the Giants are in trouble, uh, being sued for wrongful termination suit. Um, Is Jim McMahon involved? No. <laughs> Apparently, there was a guy who worked for the Giants organization who attempted to report to management um, like a culture of, of 
sexual harassment and violence Ooh, and some Washington uh, type shit. Yeah, and instead of um, instead of saying thank you for bringing that to our attention, they said shut the fuck up, don't ever talk about this again. Uh, Did they address the culture? No, they fired him instead. So oh, now, then they fired him. Yeah, and so now this guy is is suing the Giants. Damn! Don't uh, fire the whistleblower, man. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. What well, they never they never try to pay off the whistleblower. That I, I, I would understand that more if you just try to like bribe them and you know, hey man, you know, remember that you were looking for that raise, mm. something like that. But no, they they uh, that's that's drunk with power out there. I you know it just sounds like a guy who was trying to do the right thing and 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 yeah. got punished for it. That shows the culture is fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Damn. Uh, Giants, huh? Staying with a, a toxic culture in the uh, NFC um, East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got the Eagles. Uh, Uh-oh. Or, or actually, no, this is not the Eagles' fault. Sorry. Uh, this is a story about a guy who used to be um, assistant coach for the Eagles Back with Doug Peterson back when they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's a Korean-American guy. He used to play. He used to be an offensive tackle. Eugene Chung is his name. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Yeah. Um, and this was kind of a weird story. Yeah, I heard about it. Uh, he was interviewing for a job, mm-hmm. and he was essentially told that he was not the right kind of minority. What kind of minority is he? He's Korean. Oh, yeah, you say it's Korean. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't sound black enough for me, so... Uh, right. <laughs> is that what they're trying to say? He should be black or Hispanic or something like that? I guess. Uh, Do, is there no... Uh, like, would he count in this whole program they're doing now? Of course. What he's a, a minority. So what do they mean, not the right minority? I don't, maybe maybe not. Maybe they're not on the list of... Or maybe there's statistically so few of them in the NFL. I don't know. What? Uh, oh, yeah. He didn't say which team either. He didn't, which I thought was a pretty classy move. He could have called them out. Yeah, but it also would have given them a chance to defend themselves or explain. Like I, now we're just like, okay, some some team is some team out there is racist. But I think it's kind of su- or, <laughs> some or, team. It, so which one? All right, of them? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, we're just like okay, or maybe each team that didn't do it should re- say, well, it wasn't us, right? Or the Giants should come out and say, we have the perfect culture here, right? <laughs> Houston Texans? No, we're we're good. <laughs> 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 you want a massage? <laughs> yeah. Actually, speaking of that, that was the next thing I wanted to talk about. Okay. Uh, Deshaun Watson's situation is, well, it's gotten a little more interesting. Um, I mean, first it started with a post of him working out, which obviously the media people started to speculate. What does that mean? What does it mean? Um, and then news drops that this civil case of these 22 massage therapists who are alleging sexual misconduct uh, that Watson will not be called in or deposed to give any kind of testimony until February 22nd, 2022. I wonder why. Which means Deshaun Watson can play football this year. The craziest part of that is that it's assuming, like if you make the date February 22nd, you're assuming that there's a possibility of a playoff run. (laughs) And it's like, come on, they could have put that shit in in January. Yeah, well, well, well. What I'm, it, I'm just being cynical. No, here. but I agree with you. I mean, it, well, there's two ways to look at it. It it assumes that the Houston Texans, you know, but that you're assuming that he's going to stay with the Houston Texans. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, because okay. that's sort of the next part of the story. Of course, he's going to stay there. So as soon as this news what drops, what team is touching it? 
that's well, that's going to be interesting to see. As soon as this news drops, um, Deshaun Watson's agent basically throws out a, a press release saying, "Oh yeah, by the way, we're, he's still not going to show up to training camp. Mm. Uh, he still is uh, demanding oh. a trade." Uh, so like a one year rental. Sure. So now comes obviously the question that you were getting to: who takes a chance on this guy, and also. The other element you have to think about is that the NFL has kind of broad power to be able to kind of force him to sit out a year mm-hmm. yeah. if they want to. Yeah, it's put it. If anything, this has put all of the pressure on the NFL now. Good point. Because now it's in their lap. He's cleared to play. Yeah. He doesn't have to do any of this legal shit. The only thing that's going to keep him off the field is if. The Texans refuse to trade him, and he sits out, mm-hmm. uh, which basically just costs him money. Or if he does get traded, and the NFL says, "You know what? We're putting you on the what do they call it? The commissioner exempt list." Mm-hmm. Because I read a little bit about the commissioner exempt list, and it. I'm not going to go into the boring like, you know, wordage of mm-hmm. the document, but it basically, it basically creates a scenario where Roger Goodell can do anything he wants, anything. Okay. It doesn't have to be like it, the way it's worded. I mean, it like even though he's not going to have to testify or do any of this stuff until it does, none of that matters. Like he could say, because this case is lingering over the thing, oh, and we good. don't know. I about, think that's like, good. They can force him to sit out. That's good. I mean, if used properly, that's good. It's good. But the question is, what what are they going to do? Are they? You know, we have this conversation almost every week mm. about. Like yeah, when yeah, when course. the NFL is given the opportunity to do the what feels like the right thing and what feels like the wrong thing, yeah, they, they don't always they lean, wrong. They, lean <laughs> they do lean wrong they lean wrong they do huh. they really do. Uh, if you were the NFL, what would you do? Because this is a man. This is sticky, man. It is. Yeah. I mean, in one respect, it's like I guess you would have to err on. The, it's God. It's so hard because it, you would want to err on the side of look. He, as much as we all may speculate and think that there's there's, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, that kind of thing. You are innocent until proven guilty, mm-hmm. and it would feel kind of weird well, to it's make not him the court sit. of law. Though this is not the court of law. No, it's not. And but it's from your, a PR, your... think about it from a PR perspective. What if? What if, let's assume he's guilty. Okay. He plays an entire year of football mm-hmm. before he's deemed guilty. Right, right. You've let a serial rapist play a year of football. And God forbid he wins the Super Bowl. What if he gets traded to, I don't uh, know, anywhere? Yeah, Green Bay or something. Wins the a, wins a Super Bowl. Now you have images of a serial rapist standing with a Super Bowl trophy. <sighs> A few weeks before he goes to court and has to see now. You know, okay, so right? when you put it like that, it seems pretty obvious that it's justifiable to not let him play, like to put him on this exemption list. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm okay. Defend the other side. Okay, let's assume he's innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays football. He we find out he's innocent. There's a conspiracy. Yeah, Bill and, Gates, and we keep yeah and. <laughs> We keep moving. We all we all have the microchips. He, Bill Gates will erase <laughs> whatever memories we have of this, yeah, and we'll and move forward go, accordingly. Move forward. Yeah, this um, is a top scenario for him. <laughs> I mean, it, it, 
I mean, obviously, if he's not guilty, and also, you know, this, again, this is civil trial. It's not like they're going to, you know, he's going to be judged. Yeah, he's never going to get. Uh, he, there's never uh, going to be a criminal. day where they're going to say you're guilty of 22 fucking rapes or whatever. Uh, it's going to be. And he won't ever get jail time. It, there's going to be a settlement of some right, kind. Right, right, right. Uh, but I'm just saying that if it if it comes to light. In the same way that, like, I mean, like Bill Cosby is a good example. Like, right. he was he was accused by upwards of 60, 70 different women, mm-hmm. but it really just took, there was just the one case that kind of brought him down. Well, that was legally the one speaking. that was, uh, that was the one that he was like criminally. It was more recent. It was more, it was, the rest of it was like statute of limitations. Exactly. Uh, but it, it, so I'm just saying that, like, you could have this scenario where it's like, all right, look, unless you're an absolute idiot, we all know that this guy's a fucking rapist, right? Mm-hmm. He and he raped, or he didn't rape. Th- these are uh, uh, maybe I'm, I'm, yeah, assaulted. Okay, I'm using a little because there's varying degrees of a. It's not like he raped all 22 of these women, right? right. So maybe I'm being a little hyperbolic. I'll agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm just saying it's not a good look if the guy winds up being this like serial predator. What I didn't uh, think about that you uh, pointed out uh, is the, the the possibility of him holding up the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the year mm. and then it coming out. It's like it's best for them to err on the side of caution. What it made me think of actually is because I watched this. I don't know if I can't remember what it's called, but there's a documentary about Aaron Hernandez on um, mm-hmm. Netflix. And the thing that's kind of astonishing about that that documentary is that, the, you know, before the final ca- murder case that really took him down, there was another murder case where he got into an argument with, with these two guys at a nightclub. And, and he shot their car up. And he shot their car up. But they were never able to pin that on him. So here's a guy who is essentially yeah. a murderer who went on to play an entire season of football. Yeah. Killer inside. And we didn't know that mm. at the time. We know it now with the luxury of hindsight. Yeah. But in this situation, we know that something is – this is not like, oh, we didn't know Deshaun Watson was potentially a bad guy. Yeah. Like he's going to play an entire season of football with everybody wondering, did he do it or didn't he do it? Yeah. How? Yeah. What team is going to take on that, that PR nightmare? Is the league going to be willing to sort of take on that PR nightmare? Because you're going to have to answer questions about it every Sunday. This is when you would understand a blackballing. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? If he got, if say uh, Houston uh, releases him, mm-hmm. and then no team picks him up, this is when you understand that. But that would not happen. He's too good. In that, in this, this is this one of those proves. This proves the whole Kaepernick thing, man. Mm-hmm. Like that was uh, yeah. it was yeah. Uh, the documentary is called Killer Inside, The Mind of Aaron Hernandez. Did you watch the whole thing? I did watch the whole thing. Really tough watch, man. It was pretty hard. Yeah. Tough watch. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that uh, it would bother me. It was uh, unsettling, man. That mm. This dude was oof, just a cold. Uh, yeah, it was hardcore. And you wonder about uh, the head injury stuff, too, as you watch it. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I can say this, um, moving on to head injuries, I, I certainly feel like I want to give myself a head injury as I'm watching all of this fucking Julio Jones shit <laughs> play out this week. I mean, this has been, we're saving this story for the end, and this is not because I'm a Falcons fan, it's because it's the biggest story sure of the week. Sure, but. You know but. what I mean? Uh, I mean, I don't know, it, so many things have happened over the last couple of days. 
I feel so bad too because you my you my boy now. You my boy. Mm. So that makes you know Falcons. That makes me want to root for your squad. You know what I'm saying? And root for your fandom. And right. I just hate here. Like I know what you want and what you don't want, and it's just. I know this Julio stuff bothers you. I have mixed feelings. Obviously, I want Julio. I appreciate that, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I I obviously know that that I want Julio to stay in Atlanta, but I also appreciate and respect everything that he's done for the Falcons, and mm-hmm. completely understand the idea that if it's if it's true what's being reported that that he has requested a trade months ago. Um, that makes sense to me, right? Like he's he's thirty something years old. He's yeah. probably sitting there looking like his career's got a bit of a time clock on it, mm-hmm. uh, and he wants a chance to take a run at a Super Bowl. And he's looking at the Atlanta Falcons, and you know, excluding the year that they went to the Super Bowl and completely choked, uh, you know, we're not historically the kind of team that has this winning culture. Right, more yeah. times than not, we're we're middle of the road. We we're we're five hundred team, yeah, uh, and sometimes way worse. Uh, so I it makes sense to me that he wants to go, but the th- <laughs> this thing that pops up the other day on the Undisputed with Shannon Sharp calling him up, I'm convinced that Julio did not know that he was getting this phone call. Did you? Didn't they say he called back? He returned the call. I know that, but I. But wa- he didn't know he was on air. But I saying. went back and watched the whole tape. Okay. And I didn't see them call him. No, I'm saying he called Shannon Sharp. I didn't see that in the show. Like that didn't oh, happen. Oh, because Shannon Sharp. Okay, from what I saw, he was like he just says, "Should and- I call him?" And, okay. And then it and then it happened. Like so, I watched the whole thing in because okay. I was afraid. Like maybe I didn't. Maybe we're watching this out Does of it, context. As, maybe as, we in some something. part of the conversation, doesn't Shannon Sharp say, uh, "Thanks for calling me back." He does, right? But, that's what but, I was like. But he didn't call him back. Shannon Sharp called him. Okay, like you see him calling him. Oh, maybe he called him and left a message. Like him. Not him. only that, but what? I, but when we were talking, we talked privately, yeah. and we were talking about the uh, appropriate. Is it appropriate for them to uh, to talk to him like that without his permission? Right. And what I was saying was they probably could, but then I'm sure they told him, "Hey, we're going to air this because that's not a live show." Right. So, I mean, he could have been like, no, nah, man, I didn't know I was on air. Don't post that. Or he could have been like, mm. yeah, whatever, man, put it up. Well, I think that you there is a universe in which he knew that this was happening and they were just pretending that this was happening oh, yeah. in oh, okay. real time. I didn't think about that part. So there's, there's that. Um, but the, the thing that made me a little, like there was another person on the screen who you didn't see was this woman named Jenny Taft. She sure as shit didn't right. like kill she's the like, rumor that she's like, hey, she says, quote, uh, can you remind him that he's on TV right now? Oh, it was it live? <laughs> okay, no, okay. No, she maybe it's not live, but she's like, we're yeah. taping for TV. Yeah. Okay. She says it. And, yeah, I heard and, that. I heard and that. And both the other ho- you know, Skip Bales and Shannon Sharp just completely ignored her. Okay, and kept I asking yeah. questions. I thought that I had remembered that they responded to her saying that, like, "Oh, he know" or something like that. <laughs> I'm saying, uh, you know, I'm I obviously want Julio to stay. I'm hoping that he does stay. I understand if he doesn't. Um, but oh, well, we didn't say exactly how the conversation went. Okay, for those who haven't. So basically, seen. how this started was that earlier in the week there was a photo that popped up on Twitter of Julio Jones 
wearing a Dallas Cowboys hoodie. Mm. And Skip Bayless is a Cowboys fan. An absolute fucking homer of a Cowboys yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, really uh, he's, oh, I, it's, it's funny. I think he does it as a funny thing. I know, but it was like, yeah, I, yeah. I watched the, this is the first time I'd ever watched him before. And, <laughs> really? And so I watched, I mean, I heard, first I heard just the part that everybody was freaking out about, and then I went yeah. back and watched the whole clip, and Within seconds, I'm like, God, I fucking hate this guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so very much. hateable. That's his whole brand. <laughs> oh God, he's annoying. Uh, so anyway, Skip <laughs> Skip Bayless is trying to convince Shannon Sharp that Julio Jones wants to go to the Dallas Cowboys. So this is what kind of motivates uh, the the phone call. Okay. Because Shannon Sharp is like, dude, he don't want to go to the Cowboys. Trust if he me. go anywhere, not to the Cowboys. <laughs> he ain't going to the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, so he calls him up and Skip Skip. <laughs> I, yeah, he did, yeah, that's a very good impression of Shannon Sharp. Actually, uh, he uh, so he calls him up and he answers. And there's a fair amount of like, like I was like, could this be misinterpreted? His because he he asks him, he's like, he says, "Hey, Julio, um, you want to go to the Cowboys?" Or do you, and then he pauses and he says, "Or do you want to stay in Atlanta?" And Julio's response is like, "Oh no, I'm out of there, man." Right. But I was like, is he saying I'm out of Atlanta or is he saying Well, there's no way to I'm out of Dallas like cuz the whole these photographs and videos that popped up this week on Twitter were of him oh, training with Derrick Henry and um and Amari Cooper. Okay. They were training together. All right, I get it. And so he I'm the hopeful Atlanta Falcon fan of me is hoping that he was referring to, no, I'm not in Dallas anymore. Mm-hmm. That the comment had nothing to do with Atlanta. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm the only one, I've listened to a lot of uh, <laughs> interviews and that I, I haven't heard anyone with that take yet. Uh. So I'm probably wrong. Um, uh. But we'll see. <laughs> but the funny part was, is that, you know, then, it, you know, so Skip Bayless gets super excited when Julio says that I'm out of there. Um uh, and then he says, ask him if he wants to go to the Cowboys. Shannon Sharp goes, don't go to the Cowboys if you want to win. Because oh, Julio says, yeah. well, he says, where do you want to go? Yeah. He says, I want to win. He's like, well, don't go to the Cowboys. You ain't going to win. And Julio kind of laughs. He's like, oh, man. He's like, you know that I know. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know that I know. Like, I'm not going to the Cowboys. <laughs> He's like, I'm not. No, it's not. Yeah, it's so not that makes me think the out of there, man, is, is about Atlanta. Hmm. When he says if, maybe, I mean, I it's if it is if that is what this is really about, it kind of makes all of the trade rumors make a little more sense, yeah. right? Because because the thing that confused me so much was that going into the draft, it's like okay, well, actually, the, their first draft pick kind of indicated, or you think it indicates, like where the Falcons' headspace is at. Right, mm-hmm. picking Kyle Pitts yeah. instead of trying to get your quarterback of the future indicates that you want to win now. Right. right. So if you're in win now mode, what the fuck are you trying to get rid of a future Hall of Fame wide receiver for? Why? Uh, because the salary cap. Yeah, but they can they can move they can move that money. They can. He probably not going to restructure. But I'm saying they could. It's okay. I mean okay. like financially they could make it work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, take a push it down one more year. Sure. Push it down the road one more year. Um. I mean, obviously, they don't want to. They probably don't want to do that. the The other rumor was that, and it's a new coach. I know the other rumor is that they were they were actively shopping Julio before the draft, trying to get a first round pick, which didn't work. All right, um, because nobody was that desperate or stupid. And it was a receiver heavy. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. The draft. It was the the combination too of the salary cap and a, a receiver rich draft. 
I don't think it, I, there's no way you're going to get a first round pick for Julio Jones. And to be honest, I don't think you're even going to get a second round pick. I, I really don't think they're going to get a second round pick. What they should have done was try to get more draft capital and maybe trade back. That might have been the move for somebody maybe. that was thirsty for uh, maybe. maybe. Who knows? We'll see. I mean, they're not going to get a. Se- I don't think they're going to get a second round. Not without not without having to eat some of that salary. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, they're in a bad position. So I think. They're in a position where they well, in a way, they're in kind of a good spot because they they can afford to wait for a good deal or a good offer, right? Mm. They can, um, I mean, they could wait till training camp to do this. You yeah. know, they could wait for teams to sort of see what they have. You know, maybe some guy gets injured suddenly. Julio Jones is like, yeah, you know, prime, hey, hey, yeah. we want this guy. Um, we'll see, man. I feel bad for you. But um I can't imagine him on another team. Mm. I yeah, I don't know. Uh it I what I I actually feel really bad for the new regime, the new coach and the new GM because imagine that, you know, the first real thing that you did coming into the team is to pick Kyle Pitts. And the second thing you have to do is let go of yeah. of Atlanta's like favorite player. Like I mean, what a what a difficult situation to be in. Uh and people are gonna try to blame them if this doesn't go well. It, it, they're gonna no matter what they get in return, nobody's gonna be happy about it. Um I yeah. I just don't Yeah, that's they, true. They, and it's the previous regime that put them in this mess to begin with, right? Yeah. They've they What's his name? Uh, Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov have been kicking the can down the road. Like we're still, we still have dead money that we're paying for, like Desmond Trufant and Damn. and like three or four other players that don't even play for us anymore. Uh, and this kicking the can down the road thing, we've said it before. It it eventually comes up and bites you in the ass. So um, you might have a tough. Whenever, whenever it falls apart, it's going to be tough for a little bit, unless you've got the right coach. Yeah, we'll see. So now is the time that we should maybe talk about uh, the teams who are looking at Julio. Obviously, Derek, okay. Derek Henry has been trying to get Julio to Ooh. come to the Titans. Apparently, the Titans is not a very realistic uh, oh, okay. one considering that their cap be... situation. <clears throat> A.J. Brown has already uh, tweeted that he would be more than willing to give up his number 11 jersey to play with his hero. Uh, so who else, who else we got? Who else we got? We got... Baltimore Ravens. Jaguars got the money. Jaguars have the money, but God, he wants to win. That's right, why exactly. is he going to go there? He's going to play with Urban Meyer. Ravens. He could be next to. Uh, he, maybe he just really wants to play with Tim Tebow, <laughs> Julio Jones. <laughs> I know, right? Because <laughs> uh, of their college days. Yeah, um, Ravens, Ravens are are, are hmm. one of the are one of the hot ones. That one would be. Woo, I like it. Uh, 49ers. Okay. Trey Lance or Garoppolo either. either uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, he also reconnects with Shanahan. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, New England Patriots have been heavily rumored uh, to be in the Julio Jones business. Um, I, don't, I don't want that. I don't even want to talk about that. Apparently, there are there are also rumors that Julio has said that he would like to play with Cam Newton. Okay, which well, I don't Be- know. Maybe Belichick if they're buddies, could, Belichick could just ask him to like you know wait on the side. And yeah, 
do a Jim McMahon. <laughs> we'll just hang out. Yeah. Uh, Colts have also are also ooh. on the list. It's, ooh, wow. Carson Wentz throwing that rock. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, LH Chargers is another one. I don't think oh, you should go there. Okay. I don't think you should go there. Who's their quarterback? Herbert. Hmm, never heard of him. All right. He ain't going to be shit. He ain't going to be shit. I think shit. that was your hot take. <laughs> a year ago. <laughs> never heard of him. He ain't going to be shit. Uh. Um, <laughs> and then the two scariest rumors, which are really just rumors. One, well, one was the Packers, right? Mm. You got all this Aaron Rodgers shit going on. You know, yeah. he's, he's yeah. however you want to look at it, he's upset. If they ran out and signed uh, Julio Jones. Julio and Adams on the set. Because uh, Adams, I think, just signed a new contract this week, too. So he's oh. he's in. Uh, so and you, that you sign and a that, And that cornerback they got. Yeah. <laughs> you sign Julio. You go back to Aaron Rodgers and say, is, is, that, is that good? Yeah. Is and we good? fired the GM. Are we good? Yeah. And we fired the GM. Here you go. That's I what think, they should do. Fire the GM, sign Julio, and I think if they sign Julio, they can keep the GM. I think no, that would be the way to get oh him to yeah. come back. Look what like, he did. Fuck it. So you don't like the GM? We got Julio Jones. Come, let's go. Hmm. Rogers might take that. Yeah. What's the What's the scariest? Well, the scariest one is the rumors that he might wind up on the Chiefs. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no way. No way. That's unfair, man. That's some fucking uh, NBA shit. This uh the what's it called the uh, big three shit fuck that. But th- it's funny because the way the Chiefs have structured a lot of their deals, even though Mahomes is getting paid. I mean, we all talked about this giant, you know, half a billion wow. dollars. So it's it's really spread out. Uh, so it it makes it very possible. And the cap's only going up. It makes it very possible. Wow, that'll be insane. But I've been reading some reports that at this point, like considering. A guy like Julio and his talent, if you assume that he has at least a couple of more years left in the tank and you think you're just a, a few pieces away from going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Every team in the league is going to try to figure out a way to make this work. Yeah. And if, it, you're, uh, if you're a GM worth half your salt, you know what I'm saying? You have to, you have to look into it. See if this works. Uh, you know, if we can afford it, if it helps the team. Uh, obviously, he's talented, so... You got to kick the tire on that one, on the idea of it at, at the very least. So I think this one's going to be a bit of a slow drip. Yeah, man. Um, we can follow it. We'll I mean, keep June first is is the date is going to be the first date that anything could happen. Okay. Uh, because that Oof. would be <clears throat> that's when it, that's when when the money kicks in. Exactly. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I think the Falcons can afford to wait and not take the first deal. That comes their way, but um, nice. I'm interested, man. This is a good one. This could be our our summer saga. <laughs> we got a we got a couple. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's it for this week. It was only news, man. I know. Only news uh, because there's not much going on in the league. So we'll be back next week. We're gonna start digging into these coaches. Mm. Um, and I don't know which division yet, but we'll we'll get it. Or should just tell me a division. Which one should? Uh. I don't know. Uh, we'll do Easts. Okay. NFC. We're going to do one NFC East? Yeah, we'll do NFC East first. Should we go shittiest to best? 
<laughs> sure. Division. Shittiest division, the best. So, NFC East first. Nah, we'll just go NFC AFC. We'll do it like yeah, we yeah, do. yeah. Okay. We'll go. Uh, what's it called? Clockwise. So <laughs> NFC East, and then we'll do South, then we'll do West, then we'll do North. Mm-hmm. So NFC, then AFC. NFC East. Yeah. Next week, the coaches. Thanks for checking this episode out. That's FinFL. Uh, if you want to support us or uh, be, support us and also be eligible for Fantasy Football League that we're going to start this this season, mm. uh, patreon.com slash FinFL. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, watch. You got We got this. Yeah. Watch it in Espanol. <laughs> <laughs> or if you want to watch it in, in, in regular. In, in English, yeah. It's on uh, Viaplay. It's on via play and uh, check out my YouTube, Jonathan Rollins on YouTube. If uh, where I react to Swedish classics, and that's fun to do. Shit's funny. And uh, come to my comedy club. Comedy's coming back. What? June first, they're opening up restri- relaxing restrictions in Sweden to fifty people. So fifty people can come to my comedy shows. Wow! Uh, I have the only comedy club in Sweden that has two floors operating at the same time. One room Swedish, one room English. So Saturday nights at nice. the Laugh House, the Laugh House se. If you want, if you're gonna be in the Stockholm area and want to laugh, so check that out. And uh, thank you guys. We'll check you next time. It's been Jonathan Rollins. Excuse me, Sarah. See you later. Later, y'all. Peace. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.